Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. I'm sure you're aware of the movie that's getting much attention and much buzz right now about Winston Churchill. It's called Darkest Hour. It's already won some big awards. It's gaining a lot of attention. It's causing a lot of controversy in some scholarly circles, uh, but it is probably uh, going to be one of the defining movies about the legacy, the remembrance of Winston Churchill. And so I want to address it in this podcast. This movie, movie Darkest Hour, was written by Joe, I'm sorry, directed by Joe Wright. Uh, the writer is Anthony McCartan. And uh, what it's probably best known for is the acting of Gary Oldman. Now, Gary Oldman is a very well-known British actor, uh, but he's a rather small man. He's rather trim. He's not heavy. He's not chubby like Churchill was, uh, and yet they put about 60 pounds of prosthetics on him and uh, made him look like Churchill. That that work alone deserves an Oscar. Pretty stunning. Uh, the movie also stars Kristen Scott Thomas, and I think she's largely wasted in her role, but her acting's wonderful, and uh, you will know her as soon as you see her on the screen. Now, let me say right off the bat that I actually am pretty happy uh, with the movies that present historical truth, historical episodes that people don't know much about, even if those movies aren't 100% accurate. Uh, for example, before the movie Brave, Braveheart came along. Almost no one talked about William Wallace. Uh, but William Wallace was such a major figure that one of Abraham Lincoln's sons was named for William Wallace. William Wallace Lincoln, the famous Willie, uh, who died while the Lincolns were in the White House. And so th- this this is just gives us a sense of how inspiring he was to early generations, the memory of this Scottish hero. But until Mag- Mel Gibson made his film, even though it's somewhat inaccurate, um, uh, but, but until he made his powerful film, no Nobody knew who William Wallace was. Nobody was talking about him except in scholarly circles. So I'm grateful for films who bring the truth to the fore. I like Apollo 13. I like Seabiscuit. I know scholars like to sit around and talk about what's not accurate, but I'm just glad we're keeping the stories alive. So good historical films make me happy, and I like discussing them. And I like, yes, we can discuss, you know, over a steak, uh, what's accurate, what's not. But the main issue is that we're at least talking about it because films has become the literature of our times. So when it comes to Churchill, I like the movie that came out recently. I believe it was last year called Churchill. I liked Dunkirk. I thought Dunkirk was a very good film. Also had a great deal of Churchill in it. Of course, a few years ago, I really loved The King's Speech, which presents a little bit of Churchill and certainly that time there at the beginning of World War II. Um, and I really like the two miniseries. Well, actually, there are two uh, mini movies on HBO called The Gathering Storm and into the storm, two different actors playing Winston Churchill, but I like them very much. I think it's uh, they're both very fine portrayals. So this movie, Darkest Hour, is very likely to get the most attention of all of these films. Uh, none of these other films were nominated for major awards, um, other than, of course, The King's Speech, which wasn't primarily about Churchill. Uh, the, the lead actor there won the Oscar, and it was a very rewarded film. But these other films did not get that much attention. This one's going to get a lot of attention. It's going to be one of the defining films when it comes to Churchill's legacy. And again, part of that is simply Gary Oldman's uh, amazing acting. 
So I, I think what's important, I think what's vital is that they do use a great uh, deal of Churchill's actual words. Uh, they, they don't shy away from his flaws. Um, the movie starts with a cute young secretary being sent into his bedroom, you know, to take dictation. And, and, and as she's being prepped, she's told he often mumbles and he's impatient and he, he throws fits and, uh, you know, he, he insists on all of his speeches being typed, all of his letters being typed double space or, or he gets angry. I mean, this was Churchill. We don't need to shy away from that. I, I don't like the statue version of history when we talk about great people in history and make them too pristine. Uh, you know, don't talk about their flaws. I think we should talk about their flaws. I think we should talk about the fact that, uh, that, that Lincoln, for example, suffered horrible black dog depressions and almost killed himself on several occasions. That's an important part of his life. That's an important part of what made him great. I think we should talk about uh, Winston Churchill's depression and weakness says, for example, I, I could go on and on talking about leaders whose flaws are what made them great because they had to surmount those flaws and we shouldn't hide from those things. So I like that the film is raw. I like the film uh, in that it talks uh, straight about uh, Churchill's weaknesses and flaws. And I love one scene in particular where Winston is sitting in the dark and his wife goes in to get him to tell him that someone's at the door and she sees that familiar look on his face. It's beautiful beautifully done. And uh, Kristen Scott Thomas as Clemmy goes over, kneels down in front of Winston, cups his face in her hands, uh, encourages him, reminds him uh, that he, he's gotten over this depression before. She doesn't call it that. But we all know what's going on. He's he's in the doldrums. He's facing terrible odds. He's he's challenged in a major way. He, he could, could go down as one of the great failures in history. But she knows that the black dog depression, and that well, those were his words, black dog depression has entered him. And uh, she's telling him that, yes, you're flawed, but you can overcome your flaws. And th- and that's what makes you great. So beautifully done, well worth seeing. Um, I, I, the film does some things with uh, sort of film devices, uh, cinemagraphic devices, literary devices that I wish it hadn't done. There are some things in it that just aren't true. For example, in that same scene that I've just described where Winston Churchill is sitting in a depression in the dark and his wife comes in to tell him uh, that someone's at the door. Well, in the according to the film, the person who's at the door is the king, <laughs> King George the Sixth. And uh, I, I have to say that uh, that just never happened. King George VI never dropped by uh, wherever it is that Churchill is in that movie. We're not 100% sure. It's, it's probably 10 Downing Street. It might be Checkers. It could be Chartwell. Um, but, but let me assure you that the king did not just drop by uh, for a quick visit. That, that did not happen. Uh, the other major uh, episode, the major turning point in the film that did not happen uh, is that Churchill, who is suddenly caught in a traffic jam, Uh, goes and hops what we would now call the tube, the underground, uh, the subway in London, which of course is a major feature of London life. And uh, he he gets on it by himself. Now, this is of course during World War II. His bodyguards would always have been nearby. Um, But but in the film, he gets on the the, the subway. He talks to people. He's inspired by their resolve. He talks to children. Um, He shakes hands with housewives and professionals and and a young black man and and uh, and a little girl and he leaves resolved 
that the British people uh, don't want the British government to negotiate a peace with Hitler, but instead that they want to fight, that they want to fight on the streets, that they will never surrender. He gets all of that language from this time on the subway car. Now, the reason I object to the scene is not only that it's not historical. I've already said that I don't mind uh, ahistorical scenes once in a while. But the reason I object to it is that it would have been more powerful if they had portrayed the way that that Winston Churchill actually got information from the quote-unquote common man. He certainly didn't run around on the subway without any guards or attendants. That never happened. But he was constantly interested in what common Britons thought about what was going on. He would walk to nearby pubs. He would talk to maids and waiters. He would interact with people. He would walk down the street to get a newspaper, irritating the heck out of his bodyguards. And everybody knew who he was, but people would ask, he would ask them what they thought. So the process that you see happening on the subway car did in fact happen of a lot. It just didn't happen on a subway car without any bodyguards around and Winston Churchill confused about how to ride the subway. Um, that's, that's a little bit, little bit weird. Uh, the politics that follow, though, are very much the case, and I'm not, I'm not giving any spoilers. Um, he, he rallies his immediate cabinet, sub-cabinet, some of them call him. Uh, then he spoke to par- Parliament and, of course, gave great speeches that, that caused the, uh, the, the world to be changed. So, it's a, it's a fine movie. It's a great study in leadership. You see him deliberating. You see him having to deal with Neville Chamberlain-like uh, appeasers who want to appease Hitler and make peace with him. Of course, Neville Chamberlain, the previous prime minister just before Lincoln. I'm sorry, just before Churchill. You you, you see King George VI having to grapple with with Churchill and even telling Churchill, you scare me a little bit. And, and uh, eventually they became very, very close friends. So it's a it's a marvelous movie. It's well worth seeing. Uh, let me urge you, uh, first of all, if you want to know my favorite Churchill movie, the most accurate, uh, the, the, the closest to his own writings and so on, there's a movie from the 1970s called Young Winston. Very, very well done. Most of the actors are long dead now. Um, it's color, it's technicolor, it's brilliant, it's beautiful. It's based on Winston Churchill's own my early life, which is his uh, really his his only single volume uh, autobiography, uh, it carries you up just about to the time he enters Parliament, and um, it, it's all about his escape from the Boer prison camp and his early life, and and uh, how his parents were very distant from him, but he had this amazing nanny named Elizabeth Everest who, uh, you know, really really nurtured him and parented him, etc. 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 So it's very very well done. Um, that's my favorite because it's the most accurate because it's a beautiful color, beautifully filmed, uh, takes you on the battlefields of his life, shows you his mother um, being, I hate to use the word, but a bit of a slut. Uh, even, even in this current movie, he, he Churchill says very slyly, perhaps my mother was too widely loved. Well, what that means is, of course, that she took lovers, and, and that is true. And then his father was just descending into madness. Um, so Churchill had a tough time at home, and that early film, Young Winston, shows it. But I like this film. 
I strongly urge you to see it. I strongly urge you to consider the leadership themes in it. Don't worry about the things that aren't historical. Um, they, they are whatever's not historical is still benevolently intended. Uh, nobody's trying to deceive you about the subway scene. They're just looking for a device to say that Winston Churchill got opinions from the common man. But it's a good movie, and I would also recommend these others. In fact, many of you who listen to this podcast are leaders, you're aspiring leaders, and I just can't recommend enough that you watch these films about Winston Churchill and learn the leadership lessons there are to learn from him. Um, just just pretty, pretty amazing. Again, the movie Churchill that was out last year, Dunkirk, The King's Speech, and then two HBO special features, The Gathering Storm and Into the Storm. Of course, the one I'm talking about right now, Darkest Hour. And then you might also consider... Um, my book on Winston Churchill, the original version of it was called Never Give In, um, but the the second version is called The Character and Greatness of Winston Churchill, Leader in Time of Crisis. You can see it on Amazon. You can get it off my site. No problem. I think it'll help you. It's more about the pillars of Churchill's greatness and leadership that can be emulated by us, by us uh, in, in another generation. So see the movie. Don't worry about what's not historical. Enjoy it. But read the life of Winston Churchill. He's important. He is the archetype of great leadership. Despite his flaws, despite his failings, despite his depression, uh, despite even his bad decisions in office, and those are explored in this film, and he's someone who will help you live a more meaningful life and a greater life of leadership. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.